Welcome to Women Igniting Change, the place to be for women leaders and decision makers who are passionate about changing the world and determined to act. I'm your host, Robin Jorgensen, former corporate executive, global speaker, and founder and CEO of Women Igniting Change. Let's dive in. Hello, changemakers. Welcome back to the Women Igniting Change podcast. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to Nyla Kiani. Nyla is an internationally renowned mountaineer and the first Pakistani woman climber to summit 10 peaks above 8,000 meters. She is also the only Pakistani to ascend seven peaks above 8,000 meters in six months. And she was also the first international mountaineer to summit Everest in 2023. Nyla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so when you began your journey into mountaineering, it was just a couple of years ago, and you had no experience and no connections, just a passion around the sport. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think for a lot of women, they have a desire that they don't think is possible and possible, and they stop themselves from going for it. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, so I started mountaineering, as in I climbed my very first peak in July 2021, so two and a half years ago now. Amazing. And I did my very first trek five years ago, but I didn't do anything uh, between that time. So five years ago and then uh, just above two years because I was pregnant with two kids. Uh, so, I mean, I was passionate about mountains in a sense that I love being in the mountains and I wanted to see the, see the big mountains. But even when I did my first trek, I thought people who climb are actually crazy because why would you risk your life just to be on top of the mountain? So I actually discussed this with my husband uh, just before my K2 trek. I said, why do these people do this? And I didn't understand that. And uh, when I did my uh, K2 base camp trek, I uh, spoke to climbers there and they really inspired me. But anyway, I, I still thought I'd never ever come back to this area again because I'm, I was planning to have a family. And then uh, something ha things happened and I planned my first peak and I planned the 7,000 meter, which got canceled due to COVID. Then I thought, why not experience being with, because I was an athlete already, I was a boxer. So I thought, why not try um, climbing a high, really high peak, one of the 8,000er, because in Pakistan we have five. Uh, and I, my main purpose was really just to experience what I'll go through climbing one of the highest peak. And I had no, pl I mean, I didn't think I'll even, even, I mean, I, my friends were telling me, why, why are you climbing it? What if you don't reach the top? It's not an achievement. Why don't you climb a 7,000 meter peak, reach the top, raise the country's flag? That will be an achievement. And I disagreed because for me, achievement was actually experiencing the journey, experience uh, being with the elite mountaineers, being with the professional mountaineers. And uh, and I thought even if I reach 7,000, that's big. That's a big deal for me. And a lot of people actually discourage me and I don't blame them because it's, it's you know, you, you don't know what other person's physical, mental capabilities. So I, if somebody tells me with, without any experience that they want to climb it, I will be very, I'll, I'll tell them to be very careful, cautious, because it's not easy. But I wanted to try it. And my goal was just to experience it. And I really didn't want, I, I didn't take any of the, you know, the, the negativity, or even I respected people who gave me, you know, advice, but I, right. I was really, firm that this is something I want to try. And when whilst I was trying it, I ended up reaching the top. So here I am today. 
So climbing some of the world's highest peaks, first of all, it's an extraordinary achievement. And it also demands a lot of physical and mental strength. So what are some of the personal qualities and values that you rely on when you're up there? Um, so as you said, physical strength, uh, f- uh, physical fitness strength, strength is very important. But I believe that you need to be more strong mentally to be able to reach the top because a lot of people who are physically very fit. So if I go to gym, there are a lot of people who are physically stronger than me, but they may not be able to climb the peak. So I, I would say I'm average fit. I mean, I obviously prepare myself physically before each climb, but if, if, if you compare the fitness level, I'm not super fit. I, I train myself endurance, strength, uh, cardio, um, but it's the mental strength that takes me to, to the top. So I think that's very, very important because some people don't really think, uh, think like that. They, they prepare themselves physically a lot and then they forget about the mental aspect. And I think also I, emotional strength too, because you have to be in the mountains. So, so we actually, women from South Asia or Muslim countries, we are, I think we, we, I would say we're not emotionally as strong as maybe some, I don't know if I'm making that correct assumption, but we are very protected in our families and, and we, not all of us are used to leaving families and being alone somewhere uh, away from family in a complete a strange environment. Um, so it's, it's harder. It's harder because we're not used to. I mean, I'm obviously getting used to, now, to it now and I'm a lot stronger emotionally than I was before. But I think all of that helps. How do you train for that mental toughness? What do you do to prepare for that? So I think this is, I get this asked this question and I really maybe need to think because sometimes it's hard to decode what you go through, right. what you do to get somewhere. But one thing I know for sure is I am already, or even when I started this, I was already mentally, I would say super strong because I had a really tough life, really, really, really tough life growing up. I had a very difficult childhood and a very, very difficult university life my you know early adult years were quite tough so they naturally i you know i went through that and i think i'm a strong person because of my challenging life uh, but i i think i need to think really hard that maybe i'm sure there's some tips and tricks to uh, that you people can do to train themselves uh, to be strong mentally yeah well i mean having that lived experience i mean that becomes part of your dna so you just approach the world from that position of mental toughness based on your lived experience, it sounds like. That's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> As you're thinking of any of your climbs, is there one moment or some awe-inspiring experience from one of your expeditions that really stands out over any other? I think it's a very, maybe, Tiny moment, but I, it was it had a massive impact for, on me. I, I would say, like in terms of how beautiful it was, I never even thought that I'd ever see something like that. So I think so. On uh, it happened on K2 and another mountain I can't remember, but it was above 8,000 meters. Uh, so when we were climbing during the night, because and we were in the summit push, because we do the summit push mostly during the night, and at one. Point, I stopped and I turned around and I saw something really big and shiny. And I, I thought, what's this really big, shiny thing like below my eye level? And then climbed a little bit up and then actually realized it was moon. 
and moon was actually below my uh, eye level. Absolutely, like I never heard anybody say that. I mean, I'm sure there's some science or uh, behind it, or uh, but anyway, of course, it, it moon went up. So I never forgot that moment because, yeah, how can I be? I mean, I'm not in a plane or I'm not in a spaceship. <laughs> I'm climbing a mountain. I'd be higher than moon. That sounds incredible. That's amazing. So you have broken multiple records as a Pakistani female mountaineer. What drives your determination to keep pushing those boundaries and achieving new heights? So I I wasn't last year, right? I mean, in January 2023, honestly, I had no plans to climb seven peaks. I had sponsored for two uh, 8,000ers. And I somehow I kept making last minute plans and I kept getting sponsors, which is one of our biggest issue, especially in Pakistan, to, to, to get financial help. Um, so I think so. the two or three objective, I think one is really one. I love climbing or I love mountains, being in the mountains. Um, but definitely it's, it's much harder to climb many mountains in a short time. It's very hard physically and mentally. Um, so one, another reason I, I did this because I wanted to inspire my daughters. I, I had a very restrictive life. I lived in a very conservative, I, I'm from a very conservative family, I, or I was. Uh, and then I, I, I want my da daughters to grow up with the mindset that they can do anything that they want to do. And I, I want to be their role models, model. And uh, third was I started getting, when I first started mountaineering, climbing, it was honestly, it was just for me and my daughters. My, it was a personal uh, a, a reason why I was climbing. But I started getting messages from a lot of female, uh, mostly from Pakistan, but also from uh, outside of Pakistan. And of course, a lot of men too. And they thought that it was incredible that a married woman, um, woman with two children, very young children too, and full-time working professional is climbing high peaks. And they were very inspired because I was not from the mountain. So we have another mountaineer who climbed Everest 10 years ago, Samina, but she's from the mountain. She was born at 3000 meters. All her family is uh, from, uh, they they climbers, so they never thought a girl from outside of mountains will do will climb high peaks. So so they started saying that my story inspires them. So I thought, okay, if it's if it's something that if I can set an example that you can do anything that you want to, as long as you make your mind up and don't let the uh, limitations society imposes on us, or don't even let the limitation that we impose on ourselves stop us from going after our dreams so that's why i think so so breaking records initially was not a goal of course if once i climbed the peak and i i i had a record under my name it was a great feeling but i this is not what i initially started uh doing but yeah i i i think these records again i'm not i'm elaborating a bit more sorry if i'm taking longer no not at all you're fine but I think we should do things for passion more than records, but also if records help. Um, if I was just doing it for myself and if I if I didn't have a record under my name and I didn't make the headlines, then maybe my news wouldn't get uh, to enough women in Pakistan or I, I, outside of Pakistan in this region. I live in Dubai. Uh, so that actually helped because, you know, if somebody hears a, uh, news that Naila's broken this record or she's made this record, it does help to get uh, uh, to have a 
to, for the news to go to the wider uh, audience. Yeah. So do you consider yourself an advocate for gender equality almost by accident? I think by accident, because I just sort of, I didn't even think, uh, think about, I'm just, I'm doing it for a cause and I'm doing it for gender equality. I, I started doing it because this was something I wanted to do simply. And I didn't think I'm, a, uh, I'm doing it because I'm a, uh, to prove that I can do it as a woman. That's not how I started. It was simply that I wanted to do something and I didn't think who does it, who's good at it, who's not good at it. And I think it's actually indirectly. It started indirectly, but yes, maybe now I do it a bit more consciously. So traditionally, you know, mountaineering is typically a male dominated field. Um, can you share any experiences or challenge that you faced as a woman in the industry and how have you overcome them? Um, I think, to be honest, my journey as a mountaineer was very hard too. <laughs> when I started it, I thought I'm doing it for myself. I, I was going through, I went through depression most of my life. I thought being outdoors obviously helped me. So I thought when I climb, if I climb out, start climbing mountains, it obviously helped me with my own mental health too. But it was yeah. quite hard because, uh, because, I mean, I can give a couple examples because people, when they heard I was climbing mountains, they said, uh, uh, okay, she was lucky she climbed first peak because it wasn't technical. She will not be able to climb K2. I climbed K2. Then on Annapurna, I was, things happened. There were accidents. I was evacuated uh, with other climbers. They said, oh, she got tired and that's why she came down. Uh, she was evacuated like that. So, and then they said, how can a woman climb so many mountains so quick? So I'm the basically, Again, not that I was doing it to be quick, I'm, uh, but I somehow I managed to climb 10 peaks much quicker than anyone else, even other men, because I guess I was lucky to get sponsorship. So of course that helped with the speed, but they said it's not possible for a woman to do it. This uh, an agency behind her or she, six men carried her to the top. So I heard a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> And, and of course, it's harder for women. There are lots of other, like physically, it's hard physically in a sense that we go through monthly cycles and, and it's, it's hard physically, emotionally. So it's much tougher, uh, for us. I think I just, I, th these, all those, um, the challenges that we, we face, they bothered me. Everything that I, the, the abuse, the trolls I, I faced really bothered me. But I think, I, I guess I, I didn't want to give up simply. The answer would be that I just didn't want to give up. I, I was really upset at times and, uh, I, I was, I spoke to Marina about it a few times too. And eventually I decided that why should I give up just because of uh, someone's perspective or someone's perception? Uh, so I continued and I think that mindset, the, the, the mindset, I guess overcoming negativity, being positive, that really helped me to continue and climb all the peaks that I did in the last year. Yeah, so let's switch over to the positive side of this. How do you think your accomplishments have contributed to changing perceptions of women in mountaineering? 100%. I mean, like I said, up until, so even after climbing three peaks, I mean, after climbing one peak, they said she's lucky. After climbing three peaks, it wasn't a big deal. She gets carried by by the uh, male porters or something. Actually, that was the case. I guess out of ten, I climbed eleven. Eleventh one, I couldn't reach the top. So I think after six, seven mountain, I still heard these things, uh, and they eventually stopped very recently. I mean, I like I, I haven't heard anything recently. 
so so yeah so as a women women people didn't think that uh, women are capable of climbing high mountains but in the last two years since i started since i climbed my first peak two and a half years ago since then i saw a huge number of women try at least i, I mean i i know who I, i get to see the women trackers or women climbers there are few more uh, climbers who've climbed 8000 meter peaks in pakistan and in nepal from pakistan then there are many there are a lot more trackers than we had when before my uh, climbing uh, started so i yeah. see that impact directly when i'm in the mountains i see a lot more women and 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 i get um, messages from women too. And, and and i know a lot of women who started it they tell me that they started it actually they started trekking or being in the mountains because they were inspired my, by my story and actually a lot of women who are married and they have kids i mean before adventure was really not associated with uh, married if not not just actually women even men they stop a lot of time they stop doing adventurous activity after having kids because you know you're now you have to be responsible for your family and you know you have to sacrifice for your family i mean i love my children but i think since after seeing my journey a lot of women especially they 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 tell me that they they started to do what they always you know whatever they were passionate about um so yeah so i i definitely know from uh what i see in the mountains and i uh, and from what women tell me that there's been a big impact uh since my mountaineering started that's incredible so as you think of any of the the 10 that you've climbed what are some of the lessons that the mountains have taught you it's a tough question <laughs> I think last one was traumatic last mountain uh uh was quite a tough one for all of us whoever uh was on Shishapangma mountain uh so I mean I started climbing I had great experience so I climb with a guide all, all, always because my I mean I have to so I don't know I guess you know the difference between different type of climbing climbing without oxygen climbing without uh sherpa guide I usually climb with a guide because it's safer for me. I feel safer because of my two girls. So one is nearly five and one is three. So I, it's already very risky with oxygen and with a guide. And and I wouldn't take more risk than I'm already taking. And uh, and uh, yeah. So then the, when we were on Shisha Pangma, I think all of us were thinking because before Shisha Pangma, I didn't really. I had you know experiences which were very challenging. but i think we were all everybody in my team and outside of my team other climbers were super confident i think not arrogant i wouldn't i i am not not an arrogant person i can never be i i, I and i hope i never get uh, to be i mean never get arrogant in my life ever in future but we were very overconfident was probably the right word um that oh nothing happened on the last 10 mountain it wasn't even in this thought never even crossed my mind that maybe something can go wrong on this mountain and everyone else said the same thing after so we, mountain was not ready we were all climbing and then x2 there were two avalanches with hit, hit six people and four people died four of our friends died on the mountain so nature is always bigger than us our egos are not you know we should I, that really taught us a lesson that we 
never be arrogant, never have an ego because, you know, like you're tiny amongst those giant, gigantic mountains. So I think that, I mean, there are lots of other lessons I learned. That was probably the biggest one. I think second one, actually, that's quite important because that I can apply in the daily life. I used to be, I mean, I think I'm, I like to think I'm a nice person, but even then <laughs> I could be judgmental. Uh, I mean, not in a negative way. I mean, I'd never go and tell somebody, oh, you shouldn't do this or that, but still I used to, deep down, I used to judge people. But being in the mountains, I, I, I mean, I saw, I was very close to death. I saw people dying. I think that helped me to be a very non-judgmental person. I, 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 I don't judge anyone, anyone anymore. As long as you, you're not hurting a human right. being, you're not, you're not hurting somebody physically or emotionally. Emotionally, you can be anything you want. You can do whatever you want. Um, I, I, I don't judge people anymore. And that's, that's for me. That's huge because if I wasn't in the mountains, I, I don't know how I could be like that. I how could learn to be non-judgmental. Yeah. So being in some of the world's most remote and breathtaking places, how has your connection to nature influenced your commitment to conservation, if any? Uh, just, just so I understand that question, are you saying like uh, from a point of view of less pollution, less garbage, is, is that if I understand the question? Yes. Yeah. So just you, you know, being in these remote areas, you know, standing on top of lots. So um, you you get a view and a perspective of the environment that most do not. Has that changed yes. your perception of conservation in any way? Yes, I, I so so I think so we are from Pakistan and to be very honest, we are not that much into making sure that every obviously our houses are very clean but everything outside the house is not clean so it's not unfortunately part of our culture to to let to go out and not litter so i mean anybody even if they're super educated and they're from a very wealthy family sometimes you'd see you know leaving rubbish everywhere not caring about the environment um so that is let's be honest in our dna so far it's, it's part of our culture I, I was a bit different because I lived outside of Pakistan. So we live in Dubai and we'll get fined if, if we, if, if the police saw me littering, they'll straight away catch me. So, so that actually helped me to change my habits. If maybe they weren't finding, I'd probably continue use, uh, with my Pakistani habits. Um, so, so, so what I mean to say is when I was in the mountain, I saw how I'll give you K2 Basecamp example. So, just in 2022, when I was uh, climbing K2, we, there's a big glacier and uh, we used to go near the glacier, not cross it because, uh, I mean, we, we used to just stay outside and take pictures uh, with the glacier. In 2023, last year, most of that glacier looked, it was melted. We could see the rocks. So we used to go every day, we would climb it. I mean, it wasn't hard to climb uh, even without the equipment. We'd climb it, sit there, and there was a tower for internet not far away. So we used to we used to sit there and use internet all the time. We could not do that two years ago. So we saw the impact of global warming on the glaciers right away, which living in cities, it's, it's not, you, you don't really see. 
see what's happening to the nature, what is the impact of global uh, warming on the mountains. Uh, so, and then I know when we used to go to seminars, we used to hear that after 10 years, they saw a uh, glacier receding. But I saw that in all of us saw that difference uh, in at K2 base camp in one year. And then we had a lot of issues with floods in Pakistan. So last year, last year and the year before, we had massive, huge uh, uh, destruction because of floods. And of course, that's caused by global warming. Um, but yeah, as mountaineers, what I mean to say is we see firsthand impact of what's happening in the mountains and the effects of that ice melting or weather changes and, and floods happening. Uh, so we, I mean, we do talk about in Pakistan all the time. And, uh, but I think this, unfortunately, there's very little change. And it's very sad to see that people in, uh, uh, public, general public, they're not doing enough to to change change this uh, right now. So your goal, you have a goal of climbing all 14 of the world's 8,000s. Tell me a little bit more about that goal. So again, last year, this time in January 2023, I had no plan to climb all 14. Somehow I, I, I got a sponsor for Everest and Lhotse and then somebody, one of the expedition leader asked me uh, to join uh, Annapurna expedition because it's a strong team. I said, yes, somehow found the sponsor, used my savings. And then after Everest and Lhotse, I just made plans last minute. I kept getting sponsored for all the peaks. So, so, so I, I, it wasn't pre-planned. It just kept happening. So I've so far I've climbed 10. So I, I'm thinking might as well climb the uh, last four to complete the <laughs> 14 peaks. Um, so it was not planned, but I think it'll be now I'm so close to, uh, completing 14. So why not? And then I, if I can get to be the first Pakistani female, if that happens, I mean, if it doesn't happen for whatever reason, I, I and and of course, if let's say another female uh, comes up and she wants to climb all fourteen, I'll be honestly, genuinely, very, very, very happy, because there are not many female uh, in Pakistan who do sports in general. Not like very, very, very tiny percentage. Uh, so let's see. I mean, let's see. I have four. Let's see what happens. Whether I get financial support or not. And my husband's very like pushing me to have another baby. So. Oh God, that's another thing I need to think about. So yeah, you never know whether it'll happen before or after. Right, yeah, I love that. So where can our listeners learn more about you? I think I need to work on my Instagram. I am actually, I have a lot of pictures and videos there, but I think that's probably the best place to uh, to, to see my mountaineering journey. Uh, I think, yeah, I guess that would be the main place. Beautiful. Nyla, thank you so much. This was incredible. For our listeners, we will have Nyla's lengthy bio and links to all of her social media channels. And we will see you back here next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Women Igniting Change. I know creating change matters to you. If you enjoy what we talk about on the show, please take one action today and share it with someone who could benefit from listening. Until next time, keep standing up and speaking out for what matters.